further delay, let's go to the Word of God. I want you to I want you to go with me tonight. Got quite a bit of scripture to cover tonight. I want you to go with me tonight to Luke chapter 16. The Lord has laid this on my heart for some time, and and uh, and so we're going to we're going to dig into it tonight. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19. Praise God, I see there's one, there's two, there's three, <laughs> there's four, five, and six coming along, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> praise God, I mean, listen, we may not be able to stand as good as we used to, but praise God, we can stand. All right. Now, hallelujah. Verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivedst thy good things, likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, betwixt you, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that there would that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that may testify unto them, that he may testify unto them, lest they come into his place of torment, lest they come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto them, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him, or let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Master, for the next few moments here tonight, God, I pray that the Holy Ghost would just take over. Lord, preach this word tonight. God, I pray that you would open up our understanding right now. Open our hearts and minds to receive this word, God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would give me, O oh God, the ability to hear your voice. Give me, O oh God, the ability to speak this word Give us, O oh God, the ability to receive it. Let it find a lodging place in every heart. God, I thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Praise God. I want to talk to you tonight along the lines of scared straight. Scared straight. 
This goes along with another message that I have that's called God is a Killer. And I want to talk to you tonight about some things that, that, uh, that people just seem to skate all around and never really want to discuss it. They never really want to talk about it. But it absolutely bears talking about. Praise God. Now, I want you to look at this text here with, with the rich man and Lazarus. And it says uh, that the rich man, uh, that he died. This is, it says that uh, the beggar died in 22 and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Who are the reapers? The angels are the reapers. He was dead and the angels buried him up and they carried him into heaven. And they put him and they carried him into Abraham's bosom. Now, we know what that word bosom means. It's a strap worn around the midriff and it's a place that they use for a catch-all or a carry-all. There's many, many things that we learn by this text. There's many things that we learn by this text tonight. And I want to study some different approaches from this than you may have ever looked at before. Now, there's a certainty that, listen, by this text we can clearly see that when we die, we immediately go where we're headed. We immediately go where we're headed. When we come back, we receive that body. Once again, that body rises up. But the Bible says he immediately went up. And then the rich man died and was buried. And he found himself in hell immediately. There was no great span of time that took place. When you breathe your last breath here, Remember, the Lord said that you'll never die. Man, I mean, listen, your last breath here is your first breath somewhere else, and according to the Bible. And so listen, now here, here's Abraham, I mean, here's Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, and here is the rich man in hell. Now, we know that he had his senses, because the Bible says he looked up and he beheld Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. The Bible tells us that he... Asked him to let Lazarus come and dip his finger in water and touch his tongue because his tongue was parched. He was tormented in the flame. So we knew he could speak. We knew that he could, he, he could, he could hear the response from Abraham. We knew he could see. We knew his tongue could feel heat and parched and all that. So we knew all of those things were, were with him where he was. And he said, and he cried, said, Abraham, Father, have mercy on me. But listen to what Abraham said. Son, remember what I told you all the other day. You're going to suffer somewhere. You're either going to suffer here or you're going to suffer in the next life. You're going to suffer one place or the other. There's balance in God every kind of way. You're not going to have your cake here and then eat it too. You're not going to be a rich man here and then make it to heaven and be, and be riches forever. That's just not the way that God works. Now, the Bible says... Beside, he said, I mean, this is what it says here. And he says, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. You see that? He said, you receivest, thou receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. We'll talk about that here in just a little while. 
Now listen to what he said on down here. He said, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Send him to warn my family. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Church, I want to talk to you for just a moment about that. We skate so much around hell, nobody wants to talk about hell. Nobody wants to think that anybody has ever gone to hell that they know. Nobody wants to say that, uh, that, that, well, you know, I know somebody that went to hell. Well, listen, let me tell you something, church. It says, judge not, lest you be judged. But let me tell you something right now. I want to tell you something right now. I know somebody that is in hell, and I know they're in hell. There is no question about it. This nonsense myth that people have that in the last minute you can live like hell on earth and in the last minute you can say, Jesus, and you're saved, is a crock of bull. You cannot show me anywhere in the Bible where it says that. It says, they that call upon the Lord shall be saved. That is talking about baptism, period. You do not live like the devil and then just say the name of Jesus at the last minute and go to heaven. That is not going to happen. That's not Bible. And I can show you 500 scriptures that prove it. I want you to understand something tonight. There are some words that people in the house of God have made off limits, but that word is meant to be preached And it is because people have lost their fear of God. He said, my people perish for their lack of knowledge. It's time that we get over tiptoeing around a little subject in the Bible. There was a fellow not too very long ago that God sent me to. And he told me what to do. And I did it. And God did what He said He would do. But there were stipulations with it. And God said, you you tell. You tell that man. I have brothers that are preachers that have had this same scenario happen several times. Where God said, this is about to happen. One preacher begged this man. The Lord picked him out of a crowd of 100, 200 people and said, Tell that man, do not get out there on on that motorcycle and leave this church without getting ready to meet, without getting ready to meet me. And he sent several people back there to beg that man not to leave. He said, I'll come to the altar next week, preacher. He said, please don't leave. He said, if that man right there tells you that you're not going to be here next week, he said, I'm telling you right now. He said, if that man tells you you're going to be in hell this time next week, if you don't come up here and repent, then you better know for a fact, I know that man, and I'm telling you, you will be in hell next week if you do not repent right now. And you know what? That man, after several people went back there and told him again and again and again, left. He went five miles, and he told the, and, and the, the evangelist told that preacher, he said, you just get ready because there's going to be a call tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. I'm telling you, church, the Holy Ghost just fell on me. I know what I'm telling you is needed to be heard tonight. I know what I'm telling you is the truth. You better listen to me tonight. There's some word tonight that needs to be heard. But I want you to understand that fellow left that church that night. He wasn't gone no time, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, that pastor got a call. He got a call from the Moore's office. That man went straight down that street, got going too fast, jumped off and hit a tree, killed him. And he had told that boy, he said, if you don't, if you don't come back up here and repent tonight, You'll be in hell this time. This time tomorrow, he told him. You'll be in hell this time tomorrow. And uh, and I'm going to tell you, the Lord let me know 
with this person I was talking about. He said, you tell that boy he better pay me what I, what I told him. And I sent word more than once. And there's no question in my mind where that man's at today because he did not do what God told him to do. I know where he's at. Church, that doesn't... Let me, let me, let me give you a scripture on that. Let me give you a scripture on that. Look at 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18. wonder if my wife might get that quickly. 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18. The Bible says over there in Luke 6, 37. I'll back up here just a few scriptures. Luke 6, 37 says this. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom. For with that same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Yes, we understand that. I understand that, to, that we are not to, to judge people in that way. But now, I'm not judging, that, I'm not judging the man. Listen, I'm not being a judge. I'm just believing the Word of God that it is true. And I want you to know something. People go to hell every single day. And that's why there needs to be an urgency in the house of the living God that somebody's on their way to hell right now that you know and you better do something about it before they find their way there. That's what your job is. We're going to talk about this tonight. I'm going to talk to you about some scriptures tonight. I'm going to talk to you about some things tonight. Then I'm going to send you with some papers with you tonight. Praise God. And some scriptures. And I want you to understand something. God expects you to think of Him as deadly. God wants you to think of Him as deadly. Everybody wants to think of Him as just a warm little old fuzzy Santa Claus that has the power of God. Let me tell you something. God is a killer. And you better know it. God is not this warm little old fuzzy God uh, uh, that every time that you... That, listen, <laughs> he, 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 let me tell you something, church. He's a good and awesome God. He's full of grace and mercy. But it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And because people have lost their vision for who He really is, that's why we're in the mess we're in in this country. That's why there are so many people going to hell. And yes, they are going to hell. No doubt about it. There are billions there right now screaming and gnashing their teeth, wailing and gnashing, and they'll never get out. They will never get out. But people don't want to think of God as being a God to do that. I've had people tell me that if God would do that, they wouldn't serve Him. Well, you know what? You ain't going to be in hell one billionth of a second before you change your mind about all that. There's not anything that you've ever done in your life that you would not literally throw as far as you could throw once you get a vision of hell. And I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of preachers that have come back. They're holiness preachers now. If they ever got a vision of hell, they came back and they became a holiness preacher. <laughs> there's Buddhists that have gone down there and came back and they had to leave their country because there was a death warrant on there. There was one Buddhist that went down there and he died... And he was standing there before the gates of hell. And the angel told him, said, I'm sending you back. I want you to tell your people 
to Christians, there's only one God. The Christians have the God, the right God. He's the only God. You go back and you tell them that. And he did. He came up. He, he stood up in the casket in the middle of his funeral. And, buddy, they had to immediately get him out of China because they were, there was a warrant for him. I mean, a, a, a hit put out on him to kill him before he spread that word. Buddha don't bring people back to life, folks. Muhammad and all that nonsense don't bring people back to life. That's a killing religion. Okay, what's that scripture? Did you hear that? Now's the time that judgment must begin at the house of God. Church, you better start judging. You better start judging your walk. You better start judging yourself. You better start looking at how... Listen, I want to tell you something. Really, I want you to really understand this tonight. I want you to really grab a hold of this tonight. This is profound, and I've never heard anybody else say it, but it's absolutely a profound word. I want you to listen carefully to this. I'd rather think... I'd rather you think me in hell and follow me to heaven than you to thank me in heaven and follow me to hell. Now you think about that for just a minute. Let that sink in for just a minute. I would rather you think me in hell and follow me to heaven than for you to think me in heaven and follow me to hell. I would rather you say, you know what? I don't know whether he made it to heaven or not. But <laughs> I'm going to at least be as good as him and I'm going to try to even be better than he was. He could Who knows? I don't know if he went to heaven or not. You know, uh, listen, I would rather you think that and try to live better than I've lived my life uh, than to think, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, what? I'd rather you think, he, listen, he may have went to hell because uh, he made this mistake, he did that. I'd rather you think that and say, I've got to do better than that, praise God, and, I, and live better than I've ever lived and make it to heaven, praise God. And if I made it to heaven, praise the Lord, then we'll rejoice there together. But I'd rather you do that than for you to think, oh, he went to heaven. If I just live just like him, oh, man, I've got it made. I'd rather you do that than, than for you to think that and then live exactly like I live and then find out I didn't make it to heaven and you go to hell with me. Church, we're so scared to say that we know somebody that's in hell because we want, we're, we're scared to death of that word, judge not lest you be judged. God expects you to judge. God expects you to use your judgment. It's your judgment that keeps you on the path. It's your judgment that keeps you in the path. Praise God. Listen, what did, I can promise you, if you know somebody that's in hell, and you most likely do, listen, I can promise you with every ounce that's in me that if you could talk to them today, they're not worried about what you think. They're not concerned with whether or not you tell somebody they're in hell. They're not even their size bit concerned about that. That junk left as soon as they hit the flame. They, listen, once this... Once this rich man realized he could not make it, he was in torment, what did he say? Go, warn my brothers. He didn't tell them to go and just, you know. He said, you go tell them I'm in hell. Tell them I'm here. Tell them to know I'm in hell and not to come here. If you know somebody in hell, I'm telling you right now, they want you to know it. There's nothing they can do about it, but they want you to know it. They want you to know so that you don't end up there like they did. Pretty stout stuff tonight. Y'all don't start throwing rocks at me. Everything's Bible that I'm saying, church. The Bible says, the beginning, let's turn to Psalms 111.10. 
And let's see. Uh, Sister Opal, would you get me Proverbs 1-7, please? Brother Feld, while they're looking up those two, would you get me Matthew 10, 27 and 28, please? Brother Feld, Matthew 10, 27, 28, please. Okay. Who has Psalms 111 and 10? Yes, Psalms 111. You can have that, sister. Just read that. Psalms 111 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding. Have all they that do His commandments. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding. Have all they that do His commandments. You see that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. It's the beginning of wisdom. Okay. All right. Who's got that next one? Sister Opal, do you have that next one there? Okay, I'm sorry, sister. You mean to cut you short there. Okay, thank you. Do you have that next one? See that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of your knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see that? Listen, church, I'm here to tell you there are certain things that we skate around that we need to know. We need to have it in our minds. We need to have it in our minds. Because I, I want to tell you something, and we're going to talk about it here in just a little bit. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it because I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. All right, all right. Who, brother, do you have, you have Matthew 10, 27, 28? Would you read that, please? What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. Okay, listen to this now. What you hear in the ear, that speak ye from the housetops. He said, what you hear in the dark, he said, speak it in the light. And he said, what, in other words, what you hear here with me, you take it out there to, and speak it in the light. And he said, what you hear in secret, what you hear in your ear, he said, you speak it from the housetops. Church, that's my job. What I hear from the Lord. And I feel the anointing all over me tonight. Boy, I tell you, I just feel the, I just feel the anointing just flowing through this place tonight. I'm right in the will of God. I know I'm on His, I know I'm in His will tonight. And so somebody needs to hear this tonight. But, and church, I tell you, uh, God is a great God. He's a wonderful God. Don't get me wrong. But we need to get our mind back in the right place with God. We as a people need to get our mind focused and in the right direction and wrapped around the fullness of God. And we've lost, we've been lacking in one area here. Praise God. All right, now, go ahead. Listen to this. Fear not them that are able to kill the body. Remember what I told you earlier, the old devil. Don't fear that. Don't fear what he's going to do. Fear none of his people. Go ahead. Did you hear that? I want you to read that part again. I want you to perk your little satellite dishes. you got two of them on one on each side. Tune them in right now. Just do, 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 do. You tune them little things around there and listen to this. I want This is Jesus speaking. Understand, this is how Jesus wants you to think of him right here. This is what Jesus intends for you to think of him. Listen to this. Okay. But rather, fear him that is not only able to destroy the body, but is able to destroy the soul and body in hell. He said, look, don't be afraid of what man can do to you. He said, you better fear me because I can destroy you forever. They can kill you once. I can kill you for eternity. Let me tell you something, church. This is the part nobody wants to hear about. This is the part everybody preaches around, tiptoes around, runs from it. Let me tell you something. This is what gets nations destroyed. This is what tears down 
the nation. This is what has destroyed our youth. This has destroyed our youth. And we're going to talk about it here in a minute. All right, now, Brother Draper, if I could get you to help me out here tonight. Praise God. Hope you got my copies. Brother, if you would be so kind as to take and hand these out to everybody. I did this because I want you to have a copy of this so you got time. Now, there's four of them here that I marked out because they were just, they came up on my, uh, on, on my study and, I, and they were not part of this. So I just kind of, I marked through them. So just disregard those particular scriptures. But when you get all these scriptures, I want to go through them here real quickly, like, so that we're not here till midnight because it's a lot of scriptures to cover tonight. Okay? <laughs> Picking on my wife, man. You better straighten up over there. Well, she'd rather owe you than beat you out of it, I can tell you that. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Now, let's let's look at this. Praise God. Did you have enough there, brother? Just enough. Ain't that good? Is that too? Well, man, look at that. Boy, I'll tell you what. Boy, look at that. Everybody got one? How good was that? I started to print 10, and the Lord said, print 11. How about that? I printed one more extra. I started to print. I said, well, 10 ought to be good enough. He said, print one more. I printed one more. Praise, ain't that good? Praise, little things like that just light me up. They just excite me. I just love that. Every little thing, little things are important to God too. Amen? Praise God. That's good. I, told, I said, God, and I want everybody to have one tonight. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Okay, let's look at this. De- uh, Deuteronomy 8, 6. We're going to go through this real quickly. Therefore, therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in His ways and to what? Fear Him. Listen. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. And ye shall serve Him and cleave unto Him. Listen, all right, now skip the, skip the next one. And it says it, Job 37, 24. Men do therefore fear Him. Understand that. Now, let's go on forward. It says, Ye that fear the Lord, praise Him. All ye that see Jacob, glorify Him and fear Him. All ye see of Israel. Listen, this is important stuff for you to understand. You must fear God. You must fear God. He said, the, because listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the Bible. Okay? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. Listen to this. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him. It said, listen, His eyes upon those that fear Him. His eyes not just watching everybody out there uh, to, to take care of them and keep them. His eyes on the ones that fear Him. Okay? How does He know that you fear Him? That's right. Those that fearing, following. Those that fearing, hearing. Those that fearing, do it. Those that fearing, move. <laughs> Praise God. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear them. Uh-oh, how do you get your angels to encamp round about you? How do you get your angels to go home with you tonight, brother? You need to fear God more than you fear the problems down there in the port. You need and you need just and, and you stand on your you stand on your faith. If there's anything said, well, you know what? I trust God. Listen, a kind word turns away wrath. You don't have to be ugly. Don't have to be smart. You don't have to get angry and all that. You say, just smile. And sometimes that's your best defense. Say, it's going to be all right. I trust God. 
I trust God. God's got it. I love Him. I belong to Him. He's got it. Okay, let's go on now. Now, okay. Oh, fear the Lord, ye His saints, for there is no want to them that fear Him. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Surely His salvation is nigh to them that fear Him. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. But mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them. See, everybody says the mercy of the Lord, mercy of the Lord. Yes, we do know that God is a merciful God. But He's not just a merciful God to everybody. Understand, there was people that were following Moses when he came up to the problem. And God, because Moses, praise God, was moved with fear. Praise God, because Moses, praise God, because Moses moved at the when he feared the Lord, he said he would rather he would rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. When he came up to the problem, didn't mean he didn't have no problems. He had a big problem. It's called the Red Sea. He had another big problem. He had an army on behind him back here. He had another big problem. They had weapons and he didn't. He had another big problem here. Man, uh, he was trapped. But he had a big solution. The Lord said, what are you calling on me for? What are you calling on me for? That's what God said. You remember that? God said, what what are you calling on me for? What's that in your hand right there? Sitting there saying, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Really? What's that in your hand? Everybody put your Bible in your hand right quick. Got your Bible in your hand? How many of you got problems? How many of you know this? How many of you got some, got some problems come in time to time? I got a question for you tonight. He said, why do you call on me? So what, what's that in your hand? <laughs> There's your answer right there. The answer lies within the book, praise God. The answer's in your hand. There's your sword right there. That's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There's the answer right there. It's in that book. He said, why call you on me? Listen, because Moses feared the Lord, because Moses feared God, he said, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to them that fear Him and His righteousness unto the children's children. Understand, the waters were parted. The waters were parted. He spared them. Remember, He spared He spared the Pharaoh. He spared the Pharaoh. He spared that whole thing because the Pharaoh finally surrendered and let his people go because the fear of the Lord finally came upon the Pharaoh enough to let the people go. So he let him, he let him live, but he lost his fear and he started chasing God. And when you lose your fear of the Lord, there is no mercy. There is no mercy. There is no mercy. His wrath will be poured out without measure. And so his mercy was great and grace was free. And he parted the waters, praise God, and the children that feared God went through on dry, gra- dry ground. The Bible says... But once they got through, here come the people that had no fear of God, and they were right behind. They were right behind, and we know the story. It closed in on them and killed every one of them. Not one man escaped. Not even their horses. Nothing escaped. All right. The Bible says, He hath given me unto them that fear Him. The Bible says, He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him, and also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord taketh pleasure 
in them that fear Him and in those that hope in His mercy. Not take for granted, not take for granted His salvation and His mercy, but hope in it. There is no, there is no, uh, uh, I don't read anywhere in the Bible, uh, you know, where they try to say there is this, uh, uh, what do they call it? No, something security. Eternal security. No, 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 no. No. You ain't saved to your home, church. Don't, don't tell me about how you're saved. Talk to me after it's all over with. Praise God. Just, listen, don't you count yourself over. You're still in a battle. If you've not breathed your last breath, Paul said, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Praise God. He was at the end of his course. He knew the Lord had let him know that he had finished his course. He said, therefore, there is, he said, Whenceforth, henceforth, there is laid up for me, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And he talked about that he would receive at that day. you got to finish your course. He said, okay, we, re- we already heard, and fear not him which you kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And his mercy is on them that fear him. From generation to generation. Understand, church, that's how it gets from generation to generation. We need to pass down that fear of God to the next generation. That there that they will come in under his mercy. Because without a fear of God, you will never find his mercy. His mercy is great to them that fear him. And his mercy is on them that fear them from generation, fear him from generation to generation. Listen to this. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. This is Luke 12, 5 on that paper. He said, I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his saints, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Praise God. Now, hallelujah. The Lord let us know in His Word that we are to fear Him. We are to know that He is God. There is none beside Him. There is none that can deliver out of His hand. Buddy, there is none. When God closes the door, it ain't coming open. Until he opens it. And when God opens the door, there ain't no devil in hell can shut it until he shuts it. God is the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Hallelujah. He's the Alpha and the Omega. I mean, he is the all in all. Beside him, there is none. I want to ask you a question. Just want to get your idea here tonight. What is the reason? For the way our children are now. What's the reason for children acting the way that they do now? Why why are the children, why have the children gone by the wayside? Why are they turning to the enemy? Why are they no longer living for God? Why are they disobedient? Why are they doing those things that they do? You hear about it every day. 
The, the, the main reason, you hit it on the nail head at the very beginning of it. The, see, a lot of people say, well, uh, it, listen, it's, uh, they took the commandments out of school. They took the commandments off the, off the walls. And, and uh, other, other people say, well, it's because they don't pray. It's not prayer. Because they took prayer out of school. Because they took the, 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 the uh, 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 Pledge of Allegiance out. No, it's none of those things. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's, they took away their discipline. There's no discipline. There's no discipline for the children. Praise God. There's no children. There's no discipline for them. There's no discipline at home. And there's no discipline in the school. The government took control and, uh, and, and cut out all discipline. They took away the uh, corporal punishment. They took away uh, what God said to do. And, and once you take that away from them, listen, where there is no discipline, where there is no consequence, there's no fear. It all boils down to there's no fear. They've lost their fear. As long as you have a child that's scared to fight you, you can control that child. But when you get to a place where that child loses their fear of you, you've lost control of that child. Think about it. When a child has no fear of you being able to control them, you've lost control of them. And when they had enough, they'll rise up against you and want to fight you. That's why you have people killing their parents. That's why you have people that are fighting little kids this big, jumping up, scratching their mama's face out, or kicking them, or, or, or hitting them in the head with, with pans and box. Why? Because they're not allowed to discipline their children. But yet you take a paddle to them. They took the paddles out of schools, and now you got people doing anything they want to. You don't have no control over children now. There's no control over them. The control is gone because the government took it away. That's the reason. Where there is no consequence for wrongdoing, there's no fear. And I'm going to tell you something, church. Fear works. Fear works. If you're so secure in your job, that's why it's not ever good to become friends with those that work for you. That's why I don't let people into my personal business. I don't go hodgepodging with people that work for me. Because then they become your buddies instead of your business associates. And when that happens, or instead of people that work for you, then they start looking at you as a buddy instead of a, a boss, if, if that's the situation. Then when they come in late, well, man, ain't no big deal. Man, we was out together last night. I mean, you know how late we left, you know. Well, I made it in all right. Yeah, but man, I, you know, I'm just was tired. I'm sorry, man. I'll do better next time. They lose their fear of the authoritative position. Once you, once you get so secure in, secure in your job where you think that they can't live without you, you become inefficient. You're no longer a fruit-bearing member of that company because you become insubordinate. Too lackadaisical because you lose your fear. There's fear for a reason, church. There's fear for a reason. When people lose their fear of God, they quit serving Him like God expects them to serve Him. If you have no fear of God, 
you have no fear of consequence. Those that think they've got it made will live any kind of way and be sorely mistaken and surprised when they stand in the throne of judgment and they're cast into hell. Believe me, there are billions that are going to be going to hell. The Bible says there's many, many, many there be. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. There's been a lot of people living in this world since the beginning of time. Okay, who's got, you know, how many of you have ever heard that motto? It's an absolute, it's, an, it's a motto now amongst the youth. No fear. Y'all seen that motto? It's everywhere. you got signs and stuff that say, no fear, no fear, no fear. How many of you seen that sign that says, just do it? Just do it. In other words, don't think, just do it. Don't sit there. What that's telling you to do is telling you to not even consider your conscience. Don't give your conscience time to work to keep you from doing it. Just do it. If there's any doubt, just do it. Just like that sign that says over in Hollywood, somewhere around there, big old billboards that say, life is short, have an affair. And they got this woman kissing on the back of this man's neck, you know. Both of them married to somebody else. Life is short, have an affair. Just do it. No fear. Boy, the devil's having a field day, church. The devil's having a field day with this mess. How many of you remember a show called Scared Straight? Y'all ever hear that? It was a big thing that went on. It was back years ago. I guarantee you if my uncle was here today, he'd remember it. It was a law enforcement thing that they did with these prisons. And they would take these young people that were living any kind of way, you know, and they were headed down the wrong paths. Now, I know y'all don't know any young people that's headed down the wrong direction. But they took them to these prisons, throw them in. Of course, they had these prisoners that were in there. Well, come on in here, pretty boy. Come on in here. Oh, look at this little cutie. Look at it. Hey, come on in here, big boy. You know, and some of these young kids, they went on to me. Yeah, I'm tough, man. You know, you ever see that movie? It said, uh, 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 what, was it, what was it called? Uh, um, oh, it was a Richard Pryor movie that he had years ago. Um, anyway, him and Gene Wilder, and he got, they got thrown in prison. He went, yeah, I'm bad. We bad. We bad. You know, and he said, said, <laughs> said what? What are you doing? He said, I'm getting bad. <laughs> what are you getting bad for? He said, you get killed in here if you ain't bad. You know, so they was thrown in jail. And Richard Pryor, a little scrawny guy, he was, he was getting bad. You know, he was getting tough. That's what these kids went in there like. They come out crying like little babies. I mean, they come out scared to death. Praise God. And the show was called Scared Straight. Praise God. I'm here tonight to tell you something, church. It's high time that we get a hold of this country. It's high time that they meet the real God before it's too late. And it's high time they get scared straight before it's too late. Praise God. Hallelujah. Them kids would come out of there crying, 
broken down, scared to death, some of them shaking. I mean, them big old boys would take them in there. Of course, they wouldn't let them be abused in there. But they, boy, they would let them have it. Say, man, you wouldn't be in here five minutes. You'd be my girlfriend. They tell them, let me tell you something. I'm in here for life. I ain't never getting out of here. There ain't nothing you can do to, to get me in no trouble than I'm already in. It don't matter what I do to you. And he said, yeah, you just keep living like you're living. I'll see you real soon. I'll see you back. By the time they got out of there, they knew if they did anything wrong, they'd end up back in there. And them fellows in there would make good on what they said. It was a pretty successful show for quite a while. may not have changed everybody, but I want to tell you something, church. Fear works. Fear works. I want you to look with me for just a moment over in the book of Jonah. Jonah 1 and 1. Y'all are wondering how to find that. It's right over there. Right before Jonah 1 2. <laughs> I'm so nice, ain't I? <laughs> right before Jonah 1 and 2 there. <laughs> okay. Jonah 1 and 1. <laughs> I hear you back there, sister. <laughs> I hear you back there. <laughs> Lord, Lord, forgive them. They didn't mean all that. Jonah 1 and 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee. Now I want you to understand here for just a moment. Look at what it said, rise up. He said, rise up and go. In the next scripture, the Bible says that Jonah rose up to flee. <laughs> now, <laughs> now perhaps you might have been in this position before. <laughs> I can tell you that I have firsthand been in a situation similar to this where God said, get up and go. And I got up and run. And <laughs> God was planning on me going this way and I decided I was going to go that way. Well, God just, he ain't going to chase after you. God just say, well, What's wrong with that idiot? I mean, you know, I could just hear the angel saying, He went left, Lord. Is that right? He went left. Didn't I tell him to go right? Said, yeah, Lord, you did. Went left, did he? Yeah. He'll be back. You want me to follow him? Yeah, just keep eye on him. Don't let him kill himself. He'll be back. You know, and it, ne it never fails. When you get back, you're not nearly as good a shape as you left in. Because you've got to scratch your way. Listen, when you're heading away from God, you're going downstream. Broad is the gate that leadeth unto destruction. You're on a downhill slide. It's so good going down a super slide. You ever been down a super slide? Boy, ain't it fun. Woo, I love going down a super slide. But, man, it sure ain't no fun having to pack that little old sack back up to the top of that hill. It's all kind of fun to come down a big old hill on a sled. But, boy, climbing that hill in that old snow and them old tough hills going back up, carrying your sled ain't no fun. But, you know, no pain, no gain. You don't get the glory if you don't take the problems. And so, you know, when you're going down that old swim, and you're swimming down that stream and you just float along, things seem so good. 
understand at some point if you plan on making it you got to swim back up that stream because the Lord's going to be waiting on you right where you left him praise God now but the Lord now listen to what say okay in, in 1 3 it says but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord <sighs> bad move bad move Jonah What's the Bible say? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Praise God. But he, he fled from the presence of the Lord. Now listen to what happened. And went down. <laughs> okay. He rose up. God said, rise up. He said he rose up. He was on his way up. He did up, up. And then when he left the presence of the Lord, look what happened immediately after and went down. He started on the downhill slide right there. It said, and he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Surely the Lord don't know where Tarshish is at. I'll just run down to Tarshish and hide till he kills Nineveh, and then I'll come back and say, Okay, Lord, I'll go to Nineveh now. Uh, would you let me head over? I just went over. I was on break, and I'm union, you know. And so I had to go to Tarshish, and uh, we had a couple. Of, I was. I already had arrangements. So I took care of that first, and now, now I'm ready to go over there after the smoke's settling over Tarshish, and he's, I mean, Nineveh, and, and he's already destroyed. Which, see, people don't understand that story too well. But Nineveh was, was an enemy to Israel. They were their biggest enemy at that time, one of the biggest enemies. And they were certainly an enemy to Jonah. Jonah wanted them dead. He didn't want God to go deliver them people. He wanted God to go ahead and wipe them on out and be done with them. They wouldn't have to worry about them bunch of imbeciles no more. And so he was hoping that God would wipe them out. But here the Lord said, you need to go over there and go to Nineveh. All right, let's listen to what it says. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. How many of you ever gone against the Lord, and all of a sudden comes a great wind? Boy, God can control the, the happenings in your life, can He? You just think things is going so good, and you stop before you make a stupid decision sometime and try to think, is there anything could possibly go wrong right now? And you're thinking, man, I've got all this sewed up pretty good. I got it going my way. Man, there ain't nothing could really go wrong right now, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. And you do it, and then say, all of a sudden, but the Lord. Woo, here comes he. Boy, now listen, when you start letting your butt get in the way, and then God lets his come out, it said up here in verse 1-3, it says, but Jonah rose up. Then down there in uh, first uh, in Jonah one four it said, "But the Lord, <laughs> uh oh, uh oh." <laughs> God said, "Oh, okay." Sent out a great wind into the sea. Now look at verse one, uh, verse five. Then the mariners were afraid and cried, every man unto his god, and cast forth the wares that were into the ship into the sea to lighten it up, to lighten up of those things. How many of you understand? How many of you, how many of you know this right here? How many of you know this? Things lose their importance when you're on fire. <laughs> Things lose their value when you're drowning. <laughs> if you got a big old gold 
sack of gold in your hand and you start sinking with it and drowning over it, how many of you think you'll turn loose of the gold and grab a float? How many of you let that? Listen, there is a place you draw the line. Sometimes you have to catch on fire before you realize what's going on. Why do you think the Bible said when you go through the flood? When you go through the fire? When There's a reason for it. Because nobody is exempt from this flesh. And it likes to do what it wants to do. I'm trying to hurry. Okay. All right, now listen, it says, And cast forth their wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down, still going down, into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So on and so forth, it says, in the, He said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? He said, Arise, call upon thy God. And he said, And then one of his fellows said, Come and let us cast lots. They cast lots, and they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Imagine that. Okay, anybody ever draw straws? That's what they were doing, casting lots. They said unto him, Tell us, pray thee, for whose cause this evil has come upon us? What is thine occupation? They went on to want to know all about it. And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which made the sea and the dry land. Boy, then they knew that it was him. They were The men were exceedingly afraid. Uh-oh. Now we got some fear coming on the scene. They were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that they fled, that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said, What shall we do unto thee? That the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea was wrought and was tempestuous. I want to tell you firsthand, I am a water-loving duck. I love the water. I love the ocean. I love the lakes. I've had many boats, had some wonderful, really fantastic boats in my life, and I have done a lot of pro fishing, stuff like that on these lakes. I used to live on the water all the time. I mean, running 80 mile an hour across that lake at midnight, no lights. I knew that lake like the back of my hand, miles and miles of lakes all over the country, and I, I loved it, loved it, loved it. But let me tell you something. The scariest I've ever been in my life has been on water. When that water gets up, Buddy, it is merciless. I mean, there's nothing on this planet can destroy like water. It's the most deadly force on the planet. It can take a 100 billion ton ship that's 27 stories high, and it can flip it over and break it like it's a twig. 100-foot waves can come up out of nowhere. I'm telling you, walls of water that you cannot even fathom. If you didn't see it with your own eyes, your mind couldn't even imagine it. I've been in water on lakes that was just so big, it just absolutely struck terror into my heart. I mean, I've been had my boat, my boat completely filled with water in one instant, just like that. Spirit of wave, and buddy, I mean, if it wouldn't have been a cove right there, we'd have lost my boat and everything. And a lot of people did uh, lose their life on that lake. In that tournament, a lot of people lost their boats. Anyway, I tell you, it's it's really a scary thing. Water can be very scary. And he said, uh, he said, then he said unto them, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm? And he said, And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so that the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake 
this great tempest is upon you. Listen, your lack of fear can get somebody else hurt. Your lack of obedience can get somebody else hurt too. Your sinful nature and your sinful ways do not just affect you. They affect others. Boy, it's awful quiet in here for a Pentecostal church. Yeah, it's true. Can I get a, a, at least a Baptist nod out there? I mean, is there any Pentecostals in the audience out here tonight? Take, there is really people in the church. I know you're not believing this. It's hearing this on tape. But there's actually people looking back at me. They look like a bunch of deer in the headlights right now. But they're actually out here. Hold on. Let me give you some feedback. Praise God, Brother Hoffman. That preach it, brother. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, brother. That's good stuff. Preach it. All right. Praise God. We've got some going on out here now. Hallelujah. Praise God. There we go. Praise the Lord. I actually heard it. Was that from outside? Praise the Lord. Church, what you do affects others. Somebody, somebody is being affected by your walk with God one way or another. Listen, I know. Ooh, I felt the Holy. Ooh, I felt the Holy. Thank you, Lord. I felt it. God, God's happy with what I said right there. Listen. Ooh, that felt good. I just love that when God does that. Out of blue, He just does that sometimes. Listen. Somebody's being affected, I mean being affected by you right now, one way or another. There's people that's being affected in a wonderful way by your walk with God right now. And there's people that may be being affected in a bad way, perhaps for something that you're lacking or not doing. I don't know. But perhaps perhaps this might call you tonight to reevaluate. Is there anybody hanging in the balance? because of your walk for something you are doing or that you're not doing. We need to really consider that, I guess, every day. Amen? Now, okay, he told him to throw him overboard. And he cried to the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay it not upon us in innocent blood. And this is what he said. So they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea. Remember, this happens many, many times. <laughs> Understand, listen, until you get rid of the sin... There ain't going to be no relief until you get rid of the problem. The problem is sin. There is sin. Until you get way away from whatever led you away from God and you get back in His will, until you get that fear of God back in, in the right place, until you get your fear where it needs to be concerning God, you're going to just get scareder and scareder. God can turn it up as high as you want. I understand. God said, you know, you see that little commercial sometimes. It, uh, it says, can you hear me now? Little old phone guy walks around that silly little old cell phone. Uh, he goes in this place. Can you hear me now? Yeah. And then he goes into another place. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he goes all around. I have had God do that to me personally. Boom. Keep right on walking. Boom. Can you hear me now? Boom! I'm down there on my knees. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, Lord, I, I hear you. Where did you say you wanted me to go? Did you say Nineveh? That's what happened. The Bible says 
All of a sudden, he was thrown overboard, found himself out in that big old tempestuous sea. Immediately, imagine that. It calmed down. Well, it had to calm down, so that big old fish. I could just see God. The Bible says, but the Lord had prepared a great fish. Boy, I think God's always prepared, ain't he? I mean, he is always prepared. He knows how stupid you're about to be. He does. And he prepares for it. I mean, I can just see God say, come on, Flipper. Let's go. I can see that big old fish swimming beside the guy. Oh, my God. What we got going on? You know, I'll tell you what, that big fish might have been Leviathan. Maybe turn Leviathan loose for a minute or two. I understand he's a pretty big one, boy. You know, whatever it was, it had to be pretty big for him to be able to contemplate and think inside that big old nasty thing. Boy, it ain't bad enough you're out in the middle of the ocean with no, with no life vest or nothing. All of a sudden, you're swallowed by a big old fish. He said, well, it's okay. I'll take you to Nineveh. <laughs> Go get him, Flipper. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to send you first class. Come on, come on, Flip. Go get him. Now, carry him over. <laughs> carry him over. Uh, I realize he's lukewarm. Carry him over there and spew him out right up there on that bank. Just go on up there. I got your tail. I'll pull you back out in the water. Go on up there. Take him right on up to the shore and spit him out. I've just seen him go up there. <laughs> Roll out there. <laughs> Man. And, and you know what? It's the most amazing thing. He decided to go ahead and do what God wanted him to do. It's the craziest thing, ain't it? You know what happened right there? He got that fear back. He got his fear back in order. He had lost his fear. God helped him get it back. Isn't that a good God? He helped him get his fear back. Telling you, church, fear works. That's why God wants it where it's supposed to be. That's why God said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because the fear of the Lord keeps you from doing stupid stuff. The fear of the Lord keeps you from doing dumb things. Mom and Daddy used to tell me, don't you do that. And I could just mouth, don't you do that. And I thought, my mama hates me. She don't want, she's so old-fashioned. Man, she don't want me to have no kind of fun. She, know, she don't know I want to go smoke a joint. She don't know I want to go smooch on that girl over there. She don't know I want to go do this. I want to go do that. She don't, she don't want me to have no fun at all. Why didn't you pick up a two-by-four and knock my brains clean out? I tell you, if I had known then what I know now, I said not too long ago, it is a shame. I know God planned it this way, but it's a shame that we have to live this long and go through all this to get any kind of sense. Now that I understand, I'm too old to do it. But you see... My will, there was a time Mama could control me when she grabbed me by the ear. Come here. Don't you dispute my word. Come here. You? Getting a whooping. You ever going to do that again? No, Mama. No, Mama. No. That's what you said last time. Boy, she ain't going to whoop it on me again. <laughs> I 
Well, y'all mamas and daddies know what I'm talking about. I don't understand it because I was a really sweet child. Anyway, you know, truth be known, I was a little terrorist sometimes, and I'll tell you, I, love, I praise God I had a mother that was had strong will, stronger will than I did. And understand that. Understand this. What she wanted was for my good. And as long as I feared her, as long as she was bigger than me, uh-oh, listen to this now. As long as she was bigger than me, she managed to keep me under control. But there came a time when I decided I was bigger than her. And I was going to do it anyway. I have paid. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you how much I have paid in my life. I can't even begin to measure it. All I have lost, given up, and gave away because of my will. As long as he was bigger than me. But there came a time when I thought, I'm grown now, God. I'll take it from here. And I could just see the Lord, just like my daddy would say, Is that right? Well, go ahead. Good luck. Have a good time. See you when you get back. Oh, I'm not coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah, you will. See you when you get back. I told my daddy one time, I was thin. I said, man, there is no way I'm ever going to have a belly. Man, I'm going to look like this, you know. I was thin, muscled up. Man, I thought, boy, I was could have run up to Mount Everest with a truck on me. Dad just looked at me and went, <laughs> well, that's all right, boys, and we'll see. He never had to say another word. I used to be a lot bigger than I am now. I've been losing weight here lately. But I tell you what, one of the biggest I ever got, I couldn't tie my shoes. Boy, and I used to laugh at Dad because he said, boy, put my boots on, my, cut my oxygen off, you know, I'd be, <laughs> you know, because I was so skinny, you could have tied me in a knot, you know. Well, I understand it now. See, God, God ain't at the beginning of wisdom. He is wisdom. God knows everything about everything. He has seen the end of it from the very beginning. And so he knows what the end of it is, and he tries to keep you from before the beginning. He tries to keep you out of it, but you won't do it. He tries to stop you. He tries to line you up with his word so he can bless you according to his word, but a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And so he can't give you a half blessing. He has to hold the whole blessing off until you give him a whole you. Then he can give you a whole him. God doesn't deal little portions out. God said, i got a whole blessing for you here. If you'll give me all you got, I'll give you all I got. I'm trying to hurry. Hope y'all ain't getting up at 5 in the morning. Brother, you off now? Oh, okay. Well, we're. I'm trying to hurry. <clears throat> now, fear will cause you to step out on faith and move. 
God does not move you with kindness. You hear that? He moves you with fear. We say, well, jobs run out and things like that. God doesn't always just open you up a job opportunity somewhere else to move you. But I have seen Him close it off a whole bunch of times to make you move. Listen, to move with a job opening somewhere else don't take no measure of faith. But when everything falls through and for you to step out, he told Abraham, he said, you just go and I'll tell you where you're headed when you start going. I'll let you know. And so it took faith was involved there. Fear will cause you to step out on your faith and move. Fear will move you. The Bible says, and Noah, being moved with fear, built an ark to the preparing of his household. He had been told of things not ever before seen on this earth. It never rained yet. He had been told by God it was coming. And so he heard that. He moved with fear. And because he moved with fear, he moved at the Word of God, trusting that what God said was coming, is coming, and he moved. Somebody said to me the other day, I don't want to go to hell. There's a lot of people that I know that would have said back to this person, well, you're not going to go to hell. You just got to have faith. You're going to make it to heaven. Oh, no, I would never, ever tell somebody that. I would never tell somebody that. Because I want you to know, if you don't carry this to the end, you will go to hell. You have to finish this course. You have to finish this course. And so... My response was, if you don't want to go to hell, then do everything you can to make it to heaven and faint not. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, Be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap, but there's a contingency. If, people on the tape, there really is people in this service, I'm telling you, trust me, there really is. Be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap, if, you faint not. That's right. There's the key to that Scripture. There's the key. Now, Paul said that faith without works is dead. You must obey the Word of God. Fight the good fight. You must finish your course. You must keep the faith. And then, henceforth, there will be laid up for you a crown of righteousness which the righteous judge at that day shall give, praise God, and not only, not only to you, but to all that love is appearing. Church, I want you to understand something today. There is not a fine line between heaven and hell. There is a big, big difference between heaven and hell. The Bible says, straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few, few, there be that find it. But it says, broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Many there be that go in thereat. Because they have no fear. They fear not a God. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way. 
And the Bible also says, over where we read it a while ago in Matthew 16, 26, and I'll close with this, that there is a great gulf fixed between heaven and hell. There's a great gulf fixed. Church, it's a final thing. It's final. Death is final. So you better get it right right now. When you get on the other side, it's going to be too late to have a, a fear then. Your worst, your worst nightmares will be evident at that point. Church, God is a killer. There's a sermon that I'm going to preach before too long. It's called just that. We know God is a wonderful, merciful, loving, kind God. Yes, He is. But don't you ever sell God short. If you think for one minute that God will not put people in hell. Oh, yes. There's people on their way right as we speak. There's people right this second going into hell. Right now. Right now. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. They're going in faster than you can count. But there's going to be very few that make it into heaven. There's going to be very few. And those are the ones that have a fear of the Lord. You need to stop and consider sometimes that He's God. He is the Father. You are His children. And He said, He chasteneth all, scourgeth everyone that cometh unto Him. Understand, He expects your absolute submission and obedience. He expects you to follow Him to the letter. It's absolutely expected because He said He knows. He knows the things that He desires to do for us. He, he said to give us an expected end. Praise God. Stand with me tonight.